Welcome to Keeping Curious, the podcast that explores creative living through conversations with artists, designers and anyone in between. So whether you're just starting out, feeling stuck or a little lonely in the studio, I'm here to keep you company and keep you curious. Today I'm in the silversmith studio of Amy from In Silver and we met uh, at a local craft fair. I don't know much about her, so I'm here to find out more. So I think we'll dive straight in and say, hello, Amy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so as we're here and we're surrounded by tools and bits, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about what In Silver is currently. Okay. Um, at the moment, I do contemporary silver jewellery, along with handprint jewellery, fingerprints, paw prints, and I've just started doing jewellery workshops so that people can come in and have a go at making things for themselves. Ah, so when, how do you find that when people come in, are they quite hands-on? Is it, how are you finding the kind of teaching element of uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's nice to be able to show what I can do. So I always start with doing a demo, talking them through the health and safety stuff. Because uh, I think it's just easier just to show them what they need to do first. Yeah. And then talk them through it when they get to grips with it as well. Yeah. So how did In Silver start? Um, it started with me being at college. Um, I started off doing an evening class in silversmithing, which I really loved. And at the time, the college was just about to start a full-time course, so I quickly signed up for that one. Um, and then finished that course, really enjoyed it. I got a grant from the Prince's Trust to start up my own business. Um, and I ran that at a craft event, well, craft area for a year or so. Um, and just took it from there really. So my first business was called Silver Shadows Jewellery, which I ran with for probably 10 years and then okay. just felt recently that it wasn't quite right for me anymore and rebranded and restructured. Yeah. So were you always creative? Were you always interested in jewellery or did you just come across a course and go, I'd like to give that a go, let's go for it? Uh, jewellery was always at the top of my Christmas list and birthday <laughs> list. I've always been a magpie and yeah. we used to go shopping at the weekend and I'd always head to the jewellery store. So anything sparkly was always my thing. And then when I was a teenager I started doing jewellery with beads um, and for one of my school talks I had, did it on jewellery. Um, I got top marks for that, which is quite good. And on top of that, um, sold jewellery the, in the staff room. So ah. <laughs> it's a double whammy of success. Yeah, so it was kind of like, this. maybe I should lean into this yeah. a bit more. So it's been jewellery pretty much day one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so how does jewellery come about? Do you have sketchbooks? Do you look at old jewellery designs? Do you? How does it work for you? What's in Silver's style like? Um, I have to be honest and say I don't have a sketchbook. That um, nearly everyone doesn't have a sketchbook, no. but we all love them. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that was my next sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always have an idea in my mind what it will look like and perhaps start with a specific stone and look at the shape and the colours. Um, and it just progresses. So what to start out with in my mind will either go that way or it will go off on a tangent and be totally different. But yeah. 
Yeah, if I'm not happy with it, it stays on the bench for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to keep looking at it. Yeah, yeah. how am I going to win find that one? Something. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine with stones, you kind of buy them and they're already cut, and that so you, it almost dictates what you can do with them. Yeah, and it's kind of silversmithing is how do you show it off the best, mm-hmm. um, and where is it a necklace? Is it earrings? Is it something else? But before we started recording, you were talking about the fingerprint jewellery and I had seen it when you did the last one but I had no idea the depth and the extent that you go to so do you want to talk through that process a little bit? Okay, the majority of my work with the fingerprint jewellery is working with funeral directors Uh, so I'll visit the funeral directors and I'll actually take the prints from the deceased or I've trained up some of the companies that I work with to be able to take good quality prints um, and from that, I transform them into jewellery for the families. Yeah, I just think that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's such a lovely thing to do, though. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's such a different kind of day job. <laughs> yeah, it's very surreal, and it's not at all spooky or no. strange like people might think. Is it quite uh, peaceful? It is. It's, yeah, serene is probably yeah. a good word. Um, but it's very different because there's not really the emotion there. Obviously, I've never met these people. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like they're in a very deep sleep really yeah and you're just there taking their fingerprints (laughs) Um, so you were talking a little bit about the actual process of the fingerprints and how you use oils rather than kind of black ink it's not a messy process as such but it's quite a long-winded one for you to then take that scan it in and make it into jewellery but we were talking a little bit about how that's kind of in silver's bread and butter um, but your ambitions and heart belongs to kind of the sparkly things and making things out of gemstones. Um, where do you think that you want in silver to go? What's your big ambitions? Um, probably to be doing more of the contemporary jewellery because that's the creative area and that's sort of where my passion lies really yeah I need to be realistic that the fingerprint jewellery I've always got a market for that so that's sort of what supports me so I need that income to be able to buy the extra stones just to have on the shelf yeah um, and to take to shows in various places yeah so at the moment you're doing this full-time where are you showcasing it are you getting a lot from social media are you out and about are you with galleries shops how does it work for you um i go to local craft events i do county shows um i've got a couple of dog shows that i do as well with the paw print jewelry so there's lots of different avenues that i can go down um i'm looking at putting jewelry into various shops and galleries but that's something i've not approached yet yeah so that's kind of on the to-do list (laughs) (laughs) um I suppose one of the things that I ask everyone is, what does creativity mean to you? Um, Just making whatever you've got in your mind, I think, Mm. and having the ability to be able to do that and feel that you're achieving your goals and your needs, really, sort of getting those creative juices flowing and not keeping them pent up and frustrated. Yeah, (laughs) because we were saying before that we both uh, come from a background where we got carried away with life and ended up in full-time jobs and not really getting a chance to use the kind of creative side as much as we would like um what advice would you give someone that was kind of in that situation 
Um, do as much as you can with the creativity that you can in the time that you've got available really you know if you can spare evenings to do that if you work full time um, or if you're lucky enough to be able to do part time just try and get an even balance and if it's financially viable then take that leap of faith yeah or keep your fingers crossed and hope <laughs> for the best <laughs> yeah so uh you went full time four years ago within silver yeah. what really made you take that leap of faith did you have orders already or was it i've got to go for it um i cut my hours down to part time at the school i was working at as a teaching assistant um and i just felt that my business was working better than I'd thought it would be and I needed to be able to put the time into building that up because I could earn more doing the jewellery than I could that working at the school yeah and for me and my own frustrations I just needed to be doing that I wasn't happy in my job although I loved it as well it wasn't what I needed to be doing yeah so you made the leap well, I was kind of pushed as well. I tried to <laughs> cut my part-time hours even more part-time and the head teacher said no. So yeah, that was... It was make or break. Yeah. But four years in, was it the right decision? Definitely. Yeah. 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 So how, is there any advice that you've been given along the way? I know you said that you had a Prince's Trust grant, so I'm guessing you've had support at different stages that's helped you get to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to look for funding if there's anything available um, and just support yourself as much as you can really and try and network with people you know just to find different avenues that might work for you yeah and this one's kind of my favorite one and it's kind of slightly off topic and it tends to end up with food so <clears throat> describe your perfect creative day but with the proviso, because this is, makes it fun for me, of you can go anywhere in the world at any point. There's no travel time. You can wake up somewhere. You can go somewhere else. So what would a perfect day, creativity-wise, look for you? Oh, interesting. Where would you wake up? I'd love to go to India. That's okay. the one place I'd love to travel to, um, just for the colours, the smells... I'd love to go and source my own beads and stones. Yeah. Um, come back with probably far too much through customs. Probably not be allowed into the country. Oh, again. don't need to worry about any of that. Travel time and customs don't exist in this world. Okay, Laurie so you're waking up there. You're loading up on beads. Um, Where are you going midday? Well, I suppose I'd need a snack of some sort. You would. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm not really sure about the food side. I tend not to eat. If okay. I'm in the creative zone, I'll just carry on until I probably fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but I'd come back to the workshop, I think, and just... I wouldn't be able to contain myself. I've got all these colours and shiny things. Yeah. I'd have to put them into some sort of jewellery. And would your perfect creative day be yourself in the studio, shut doors, lock yourself away, or would you do a bit of that and then go away? Would you do gallery how would it work for you um i think the ideal thing for me was just to be able to shut the door yes having a family as well i've got family coming in can you do this can you do that and just lock the door yeah no this is my time now yeah and how have you found that balance of 
kind of family life with creativity does it spur you on does it get compromised because you are getting pulled in lots of different directions um, I have to be quite firm with the family and say this is what I'm doing today I have to get this done um, but then there's other times where obviously I have to put them first yeah. taxiing teenagers everywhere and <laughs> feeding them which is inconvenient as well yeah they, they do need feedings every yeah. now and then <laughs> workshops and um, going to events as well I've got a 12 year old daughter that yeah. often stays with my mum and dad while I'm out and about and yeah. I do have to consider her as well, so yeah. I am quite locked in, really. Because mm. I, I spoke to uh, one of my guests before who's a graphic designer, and she said that the process of becoming a mother actually made her more organised, and it meant that she was more productive in the time. She had less time to do her creative stuff, but when she did, it was kind of like, great, I've got an hour, go. Mm. And she said before that, she could... A waste a lot of time on things like social media and reading books and doing other things that fed into her creativity but wasn't the actual knuckle of the work mm. um, and I, obviously I'm facing becoming a mother for the first time so I'm quite interested in how kind of that creative journey balances out um, there's a lot of people that say that you lose yourself when you do it but the more I talk to people the more people are saying actually it spurs you on more and you get more ambitious because you want to make it work for them as much as you want to make yeah. it work for yourself. So I just wondered how you found that. It's definitely a juggle. Yeah. Um, and it can be quite frustrating at the same time. But, you know, they love what I do and being self-employed means that I'm there for them most of the time. You know, I'm in the workshop, but I'm not... You're on hand. ...not nine to five somewhere else. So yeah. for me, it is quite perfect. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose the last thing I like to get is any recommendations of things you're currently curious about. If you've watched a documentary, if you've read a book, if you've seen a film, anything that's kind of you've seen recently and gone, ooh, I'd like to do a project on that or I'd like to travel to this place. What are um, you currently thinking about? I'm quite a fan of Instagram. Yeah. Um, and just sort of admiring other people's work and I keep seeing bits of sea glass in people's jewellery as well. Ah. Um, so is that where it, it goes into the sea and it gets rolled? Yeah, so yeah. it's just like frosted glass with nice smooth edges mm. um, and that's quite popular at the moment so I wouldn't mind sort of nipping off to a beach somewhere and, and having just, a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> or maybe we'll see some sea glass coming from you in the future. I hope so. Hope you enjoyed this month's episode of Keeping Curious with Amy. Um, I loved finding out more about jewellery. It's something that I've always been fascinated with. I remember when I was at uni, I used to love going into the jewellery studios, but it's something I've never actually had a play with. Um, I think it's a really interesting process, particularly the fingerprint jewellery. It's really different. So if you want to check her out, I'll put all the links below. Later this month, I'll be releasing an episode with Rebecca Kelly, which is a catch-up episode from the first episode we ever did on Keeping Curious. Um, so if you want to find out more about her journey and how it's been going for the last 12 months, uh, stay tuned for that. This month I'm also doing um, a lot of content around mindfulness and creativity. So I think that we're all guilty of letting life kind of slip past us. And I think that talking to these people on the podcast has really got me thinking about how each tiny step you can make each day can make a real impact in 12 months. So. I'm just trying to use this as a chance to really 
take stock in May about where I am and where I want to go and what tiny steps I can do along the way. Um, I hope you enjoyed this month's episode and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care and keep curious.